I mean, I had backdraft there. It's that's just a matter of when, not if, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that oh, yeah. is I just a perfect fucking film to put on trial. Like, I want backdraft, and I also want Dante's Peak. We came very close to getting Dante's Peak this year. <laughs> You, Dave, you, were, you were pushing for that. Yeah. I think we, I really I think we just need to give Dante's speak today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants it. Was, it. Dave, I, I wouldn't say we were very close. It's more like Dante's tip. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or I'm going to like force a Pierce Brosnan season on you or, uh, or a Jima season. <laughs> Let's give him Dante's peak, guys. Hey, no, I, I think uh, Pierce Brosnan season might be decent as well, to be honest. Oh, shit. Nice yeah. one, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Ho, ho, everyone, and welcome to another festive edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And this week, we are continuing our festive-themed month as we put Christmas films on trial. And this week, we are continuing our festive theme as we put the 2022 comedy musical Spirited on trial. Is it Will Ferrell? Or is it Will Go Feral? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, I think it reads better than it sounds. Uh, <laughs> Feral, I'll, I'll write it down later and let you know. <laughs> I'll try another one. I'll try. Is it Ryan Reynolds or is it Dying Tenfolds? Ooh, oh, this one. You've lost it. You've I'll lost it. First oh, man, if, man, if, if you ever had it. I should have quit while I was ahead. Essentially, will this film be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list? Now, before we go on to the trial, let's talk about our last trial, which was the 2022 Disney sequel, Disenchanted. Now, I judged that trial and deemed that the film should be placed on the hit list. I've since gone away and I've watched the film, so did I make the right call, yes or no? No. Uh, no. <laughs> of course you didn't. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no definitely no the, the thing is, is is i really really did want to love this film uh i mean although i actually didn't mind it while i was watching it i know that that doesn't count for anything because my taste in film is questionable at best <laughs> so i was trying to look at it from like a critical eye and it just felt a little bit disappointing i mean i, I can definitely see the elements of, of what alex was talking about in his defense I did think that it had a very interesting take, uh, that whole, like, what happens after the happily ever after. And I do think they did have some interesting ideas on the old sort of standard fairy tale tropes, but they just weren't fleshed out as much as they should have been after such a long gap between those two films. You know, I think it was like 15 years or whatever, and it just felt a little bit like you should have a better script. Did Ozzy's words of it being dog shit keep coming back into your mind? Like you've got, they got all of this great set, got all of these different things, but it is dog shit. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And, and that's the thing because I really, really liked. Uh, I was nearly yeah, meant to say Encanto, the original um, Enchanted, and because because the thing is, is it was it was interesting and it was a unique take on a fairy tale. But overall, fundamentally, it was fun. It was energetic and it was really funny as well. And this just didn't feel the same. It didn't capture that initial spirit from the first film. It just felt a little bit tired and a little bit non-essential. It just felt like while I was watching it, I was like, why is this film 
here. I, I don't know. It yeah. felt. I was. I would say a little bit cash grabby, but it was released directly onto Disney Plus, so I don't really know how much profit they they made from it. I, it it just feels a bit of a shame as well because yeah. Amy Adams and Maya, Maya Rudolph were really great in it, and they were giving it their all. And I just felt that their performance deserved a better script, more money spent on the overall product and a cinematic release as well. So we could all enjoy it at the, at the cinema. But ultimately, I feel like maybe it just should have been on the shit list. So I'm, I'm sorry, guys. But there we have it. Uh, Disenchanted is up there with <laughs> The Godfather Part 3, <laughs> Crossroads, Air Force One. <laughs> Air Force One. Tomorrow whoa, never whoa, dies. Whoa, whoa. I've got, I don't have a problem with Air Force One. <laughs> Uh, okay so now moving on to the trial all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random so acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is dave and dave is just like patrick page's character marley in that he's the well-spoken and gravitas soaked voice of reason that everybody actively ignores yeah, yeah that sounds about right i was gonna just the carpet's going to get pulled out from under my feet at some point here. This is going to <laughs> And joining him will be Ozzy, who is just like Sunita Manny's character, the ghost of Christmas past, a very stylish horn dog who just thinks with his genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is me. And I'm just like Will Ferrell's character, the ghost of Christmas present, a lanky, itchy oaf who pretends to be nice a lot of the time, but is secretly a massive arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and joining, will, joining me will be Joel, who is just like Ryan Reynolds' character, Clint Briggs. Hardworking, sarcastic, and a much, much more obvious and unashamed arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> now just like real court advocates the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles now these may or may not be their real opinions though so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear what they genuinely think now on to the role of the judge who has to decide which list this film should be placed on hit list or the shit list based solely on the arguments put to him and it is Alex, who is just like Tracy Morgan's character, the ghost of Christmas future, in that there's always a bony appendage pointing out of his dressing gown. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> so before we get started, I'm not wrong though, am I? Uh, <laughs> before we get started, I think that we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. And that has landed on, I'd say it was halfway between Alex and Joel. So who wants it? <laughs> well, <laughs> shall I do it? <laughs> <laughs> please, please. So, so what we do here is we read off the synopsis in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it landed on Alex. So how would we like Alex to read out the synopsis? Can we do it as a musical? Oh, I mean... Yeah. Well, sing I, it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, but yeah. in a very like over the top, overly produced. Sure. Oh, I can do that, Ozzy. No very problem. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah, do your that. best, Mariah Carey, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, what, what about in... Oh, oh yes, yeah, so, so the character of Marley, because you're the judge, you won't have seen it, has a very sort of traditional Queen's English accent. So yeah. why not do classic sort of West End musical in that Queen's English? Yeah, make it harder, Gav. Thanks. Yeah, no, great. What if you do... Um... And he's a baritone. Keep... <laughs> right, just let me pitch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything else, guys? Want to pitch more in, Aussie? If you don't want to do the musical, you could always do... Like your worst possible Cockney accent, because I think Ryan I'll go. I'll, I'll go for around. Queen's yeah. English musical, Mariah oh, Carey well, musical. Well done, Alex. Well done. Okay, good for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. I'll reach for the stars. A musical version of Charles Dickens' story of a miserly misanthrope who is taken on a magical journey. It's <laughs> <laughs> on a par with Will Ferrell, to be fair. Thank you. Did you, <laughs> did you get the baritone? Yeah, I did. I did. I would have, clear. Yeah, I would have liked you to have dropped an entire octave on that last note. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to just uh, take the bull by the horns. Uh, so this is a spirited. It's got, what is it, Ryan Reynolds and Will mm-hmm. Ferrell in it. Yep. And it's a musical. So I hate it already. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Off you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. For one thing, this is Will Ferrell toned down. This is like the good Will Ferrell, not the overexcited Will Ferrell. This is actually quite a good performance from him. But just to give you a bit of an idea what this is about, as it's already been hinted at, this is a kind of a take on A Christmas Carol, which is arguably one of the most adapted books of all time. How do you keep it fresh? How do you do something different? I never thought they could. They've done something extremely different with this, and I'm actually quite impressed. What they've done is they've taken the film and done it from the perspective of the ghosts, of the spirits themselves. So at the start of the film, you see them um, redeeming someone, as they did with Ebenezer Scrooge all those many, many years ago. Uh, this um, It's a quick cameo from Rose Byrne as uh, someone whose soul is redeemed, and they see the error of their ways at Christmas. And now the, they start planning ahead to next year. Who are they going to redeem? And they're thinking about this this hotel manager who's like rude to the staff. And Will Ferrell sees, uh, who's the ghost of Christmas present, by the way, sees Ryan Reynolds, who is this like social media entrepreneur. He owns his own like PR firm. But his take on PR is, you know, I, rather than big up his own client, I'm going to destroy the competition. That's his take on it. He is soulless. He is everything that is wrong with social media and PR. And he says, I want to let's redeem that guy. And they're like, no, he's irredeemable. There's only ever been one irredeemable person that we've saved before. It's it's too much work for too little payoff. It's not worth it. So, but he he forces the point, and the year rolls around, and it comes to the point where they try to redeem Ryan Reynolds' soul, who is one of the hardest people that they have tried to redeem and save. And he Will Ferrell is convinced that you know there's going to be a payoff for this, the ripple effect he calls it. He sticks to his guns. Turns out why a little bit of a spoiler alert. It turns out he is Ebenezer Scrooge. Will Ferrell is Ebenezer Scrooge and he was redeemed. His, he was the first irredeemable that they saved and the ghost of Christmas present that he had then retired not long after he got the job of ghost of Christmas present. He's been doing it ever since he's thinking about retirement now and he wants to kind of go out on a high with another irredeemable, but also he's thinking about himself and like, was I actually redeemed? Cause it turns out Ebenezer Scrooge died three and a half weeks after he was redeemed. So it's like, as Ryan Reynolds goads, goads him later in the film, it's like, how do you know if you were redeemed? You had three and a half weeks where you weren't an arsehole. Great. Like <laughs> you probably would have elapsed. <laughs> long after that and uh so wolf has got doubts about that has is it possible to redeem the irredeemable and that's the take on the film throughout it is a musical 
So you got these great tracks coming in, full on dance numbers, full on musical routines. It's it's sensational. And you got Ryan Reynolds and Wolf and Will Ferrell basically riffing off each other for the entire film, which is great fun to watch. It's this great set. It's a completely fresh take on a Christmas carol, which like I say, I didn't think you could do. I really thought they were all out of ideas. You know, it's like, oh, it's a musical this time. Yeah, we've been there. It's it's modernized. Yeah, yeah, we've been there as well. They've found something different. Put it from the perspective of the spirits and make it a musical about this redemption arc. And you know what? This works. This is an absolute festive treat. And we got a, a classic in the making right here. I'm not going to lie, Gav, like Dave sold that hard. Like I, I am <laughs> all in his camp now. That that was that was pretty that was pretty spectacular. I really want to watch this film now. And to the point where I was a bit annoyed that spoilers have happened. Like I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I don't see what's really wrong. It's a fresh take on an old story. I, I mean, the, the idea of it being from the perspective of ghosts sounds great. What's wrong with that? I'll tell you, there's many things wrong with it because it's not just the case of doing one unique take on it. They try to do many. And the biggest issue with the film is that it suffers a bit of an identity crisis because of this. As Dave said before, it's essentially a retelling of the Christmas Carol. And as Dave said, for as long as we've had a Christmas Carol, we've had adaptations or fresh takes on this story. This film, it throws its hat into an already overly crowded ring. But instead of just having one unique take, it tries several. The old throw as much shit at the wall as possible and see what sticks trick. But, you know, most of these aren't particularly unique. As Dave said, it's a modern adaptation of the story, which we've seen in countless iterations from Scrooge to the classic A Christmas Carol adaptation starring Ross Kemp as Eddie Scrooge. If, every, <laughs> if anybody remembers that. I, I, didn't, I say remember, I didn't know that Ross Kemp had done <laughs> It's a classic. Uh, uh, it's also a Christmas musical as well, which we've seen countless times before. Holiday Inn, Meet Me in St. Louis, even the Polar Express. It's also a bromance Christmas film, which we've seen in the night before we've seen in a very Howlin' Kudmar Christmas then there's obviously a romance feature there which Dave omits basically Ryan Reynolds character has a, a, a PR or a secretary or an assistant who's played by Octavia Spencer and Will Ferrell's character the ghost of Christmas presence sees Octavia Spencer and instantly falls in love with her and she's the only person who can see him as a ghost because he essentially wants to see it so there's that romance baked into the background as well. We've seen romances at Christmas. And as Dave said, the most interesting angle is the behind the scenes aspect of the story, which we have seen before in other Christmas elements like the Santa Claus with Tim Allen or Elf. But as far as I'm aware, it hadn't been done with a Christmas Carol in this way. However, as I've just detailed, there's so much stuff going on here. There's so many spin and plates that there isn't sufficient time spent on any particular one of them. So they all suffer because of this. The comedy is weaker than it should be. The musical numbers aren't as memorable as they could be. The romance is underdeveloped and feels almost forced apart. So by the end of the film, all these spin and plates, they come crashing down. And it's not just the those elements of the film as well that, that, that the film tries to juggle. It also tries to, it, well, it struggles to focus properly on tone as well one minute it's sweet and sentimental the next it's mean-spirited and has quite adult or even frat almost like humor the next it's the greatest showman and if you're going to do a musical 
either be completely genuine about it or do it as a piss take don't try and do both some songs are so straight faced and have like so much effort and dedication spent on them whereas others are a bit of a piss take they have a character in the foreground asking like what's happening why is everybody singing oh no not another song it's like you can't have your cake and eat it either do one or do the other don't do both and finally there's there are multiple messages throughout this film that they're trying to get across but once again they, they don't spend enough time focusing on them there's usual christmas carol messages of don't put work before family don't become so focused on money that you lose sight of people be kind to others the general redemption etc etc but then they also try to put in these new messages for the 21st century as dave said the characters are pr guru so it's a case of like oh well um what about cancel culture the effects of online bullying people are complicated just because somebody does one bad thing two years ago doesn't erase all of the good that they've done since then but once again like every other aspect of the film these are set up but they're not fully delivered spirited for me is like a big christmas dinner with all the trimmings actually with too many see I, can i already say where no, this is going no 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 no, no. it's <laughs> not gonna end see. up in dog shit it's, it's not gonna end up in dog shit. Actually, the it's gravy's not. actually diarrhea right? no it's not it's not there's the no no, no. Actually I, a 10 day old chicken nugget no meal. no 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 I, for once I, i've kept this clean right you know it's, right. it's sorry way too many trimmings that the meal actually needs and somebody has spent time and effort preparing all of this but they've actually forgot to put it in the oven so at the end of the day you're left with this spread that looks great on paper but in reality is just this overstuffed platter brimming with raw and inedible components that are disappointing to witness and would most definitely give you bowel problems if you sampled it lovely as always <laughs> as always with your metaphors i feel like i'm now just more thinking about christmas dinner than i am the film but, <laughs> but anyway i am too, I, am too. <laughs> I was thinking uh, can you have too many trimmings on a christmas i know dinner? yeah now i'm just no, thinking you well, could you just put it in the oven now then you could eat it that's fine isn't it there's no no no, no, nothing no wrong you're, with you're it. hungry now man you don't want to wait four <laughs> hours for a turkey to cook just have a have a, have a bit of toast and just wait oh, anyway we're, we're off topic um aussie <laughs> it sounds like this does sound a bit muddled there's a lot of trying to be unique a lot i, I mean say what you're going to say aussie but also if you could talk about a, a big thing seems to be that the comedy isn't funny and the musical isn't good so you know what, what would you come back on what gav said I'm going to start straight out that the musical itself is actually very good. There's a huge amount of money has been spent on this and it's super polished. The music itself, they are uh, the same writers from Greatest Showman. Like the songs are snappy. They push the, they push the, the whole story along at each point. It's very knowing. Like, so the comedy's there. The comedy is, is akin to uh, the Deadpool-esque type of thing that Ryan, Ryan Reynolds does. It's very knowing, and it is sort of break the fourth wall in in some aspects. You know, what Gav was saying about there's someone at the at the forefront, you know, so it's it's Jacob Marley. They know they're in a musical. That's the whole that's the whole point. They're all very aware that there's a musical, and they often mention it yet, and someone even brings it up, like, why do we sing? Oh, we're not entirely sure, but we're in a musical. So it's like, it's just completely knowing, and it's what makes it funny. But the, the songs themselves are great. And uh, everything that we've talked about, if, if you remember when we did the La La Land about how great some of the set pieces are in there because you see in full dance routines, they've got no expense spared with this. You've got a cast of hundreds, dancers like Akimbo, and it's genuinely impressive to watch. And it's that there's there's things that they performed on there. There's a whole scene with torches. 
it's absolutely brilliant and it's um honestly i was very surprised you know i like a good musical but um this to me i'd say probably the second best musical i've seen this year and i watch hamilton every year so <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, can, can i just say what was was obviously trying to say dancers galore instead of dancers akimbo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no no we met akimbo we're sticking with akimbo <laughs> okay okay <laughs> Dave, a brief one I want to come to. Big yeah, dog. yeah, just very Next. brief, and then I'll let, let Joel speak. Gav says it's not funny and that the songs aren't memorable. I can dispute that with two words. Gav, good afternoon. <laughs> Basically, the context of good afternoon is when you're watching Ebenezer Scrooge in Victorian times, he's shouting good afternoon at this kid. It's like, get off my doorstep, and I bid you good afternoon. And everyone's like, shame on you, sir, speaking to a child like that. And Ryan Reynolds says to him, he's like, what's the issue with good afternoon? He's like, oh, yeah, well, swearing was a lot more low-key in Victorian times. That was like a proper fuck you back then. <laughs> <laughs> and they do this whole song where basically they just let Raymond just be, good afternoon, good afternoon. <laughs> this whole musical number with dancers, streets of London coming alive to good afternoon, which basically their take on saying fuck you to everybody. And it's, Sounds- uh, and it's great. It Sounds great. pretty funny. Um- Joel, a good song too. you are like me. You're not a fan of musicals. So be honest now, Joel. Did you like this one? No. Um, <laughs> I, I think like for, for it to kind of, you know, grab me, especially when it's a musical, it's got to be really kind of catchy. Like I know we slag off the great showman fairly regularly, but I did like some of the tunes on that. Um, and this left nothing you know, in the memory bank, shall we say. Um, I think it was just very forgettable. And I think like by the end as well, because there was um, so much going on almost, you just, I felt myself zoning out of the songs. There was a few bits where it was just like, oh God, you know, when he finally kind of has his redemption arc and they start singing, it was kind of like, oh God, are they going to sing again? And I, I almost felt like fast forwarding through it, but I kind of made myself sit through it. Um, and it kind of takes away from it, as I say. Like one of my favorite Christmas films has got some good musical little numbers in there, as the Muppets Christmas Carol, and that that like I can quite happily sing to anybody any day. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas, I'll sing it. But here, like, there's just you know nothing memorable about it. Like you could, what I could show you the Muppets Christmas Carol, and you could probably recite like a few of the little um, you know song numbers in there, even if it's just a line or two. But I would be really hard pushed to, you know, kind of memorize anything from here. Um, And I think as well, like, as I say, it just interrupts the story a little bit because there's so much going on. You kind of feel like it needs to move a little bit quicker. But the music in there really does interrupt it. And I think it makes it too long. Um, I think it's over two hours long or something like that last time I checked. And for a musical for me, I've zoned out probably just after the hour mark unless there's something like really, you know, exciting going on and here there just isn't. And I think it's because as well, like it's kind of like a rehash of a familiar story. So when you combine all those elements that it's like too long, it's already a rehash, it's a musical. I just don't think there's enough there to kind of keep your attention for that entire amount of time. Gav, as a musician yourself, just weigh in just quick on the musical element. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have to agree with Joel. It's a bit disappointing because you have 
these big Broadway-esque numbers, which are catchy, but maybe not as memorable as they should be. I know Good Afternoon is like the highlight of the film, but I can't think of any names of the, any of the other songs. I couldn't sing any of them now to you that either come before or after, including the big closing number. And although they are extremely well choreographed and they're also really well filmed and they have exceptional backing dancers and backing vocalists, at the end of the day, they are still fronted by Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell and Octavia Spencer. And that's not to say that these guys don't try at all, but they are clearly not natural singers or dancers. Will Ferrell looks like a bumbling, awkward dad at a family party throughout most of this. And Ryan Reynolds doesn't fare much better either. It's almost like poor uh, man's version of Greatest Showman, uh, especially when you take these guys and put them in front of such skilled professionals, they really, really stick out like a sore dick and they tr- detract from the whole piece. <laughs> and no matter how much camera trickery or focus on the background artists or dancers, or how much of the stage or this or the staging or the direction however much of that that the director wants to try and focus on you pulled out of it the moment any of the main stars start contributing to it because it is just subpar and also as i said before that that having your cake and eating it you know it just doesn't work you either have a really sincere and playful musical or you have like constantly being self-aware and commentary about how weird everyone it is that everyone keeps on singing. You can't just keep on doing it throughout because after a while it does get irritating. You can do it once or twice maybe, but when every other song there's a character, including the main cast, who are like, wow, what's going on here? You're like, fucking hell, you're in a musical, get over it. Okay, this is like the eighth song now. You can't still be surprised. It does become very grating. Right, Dave, I'm going to put you on next. Uh, mainly talking about the cast now. Gav's been having a real go at some of the cast, especially some of the stars, and not having the musical chops to to back it up. But also, if you just want to talk about, Gav keeps talking about this, you know, and, and Joel was saying about just tonally a bit all over the place. Like, you know, you've got the sort of Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds stuff, and then the Christmas spirit. How's that all working out, Dave? Okay, well, I'll start with the cast. Um, I think it's a solid cast, to be honest with you. It's like, like Gav says, you know, it's, a, it's not that they don't try at all. I'd, I'd go a bit further than that. I'd say no one is phoning it in here whatsoever. Everyone is giving their all into this, into the dance routine. I mean, it's already gone viral on TikTok, the behind-the-scenes dance rehearsals that Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds went through. They've been posting these in the build-up to this for a while now. They've really, really tried their hardest on with this one. And like Gav was saying, they're not stage-schooled. They're not natural dancers. They're not natural singers. They've had to learn this, especially for this film, and they've learned it well. These dance routines, you know, they hold their own against, I can only assume, our professional Broadway dancers because the dance routines in the background are sensational. Like Gav said, exceptional. You know, the backing vocalists and the backing singers, the backing dancers are out of this world fantastic and you know what they've got to hold their own in this routine against them and they do i think they've done a very good job there and as for their singing i think actually think octavia spencer's got a very good voice she surprised me there she's got a good uh, good singer um will ferrell and ryan reynolds okay they're not they've probably not got a career in musical theater but they can carry a tune they're not bad singers by any stretch and the songs are not as demanding as greatest showman you know they're not as hard on the voice hugh jackman is a trained musical actor they pushed him further with the greatest showman soundtrack and i'm sure uh that his rivalry with ryan reynolds will really appreciate gav saying it was like a poor man's greatest showman watching ryan reynolds in this you should tweet hugh jackman that he'll love it but, um, <laughs> hugh if you're I, listening 
Yeah. We don't all, <laughs> we don't all you, agree with Gav. I'm just going to say, you're going to have to tweet him if you want him to. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, Ryan Reynolds and, um, and Will Ferrell, this isn't their bread and butter, but they do a bloody good performance, each of them. And the humour is there. Like I say, it's Will Ferrell at a more toned down level. It's not him doing his, his Talladega Nights or, you know, his Blades of Glory. You know, it's not his zany Will Ferrell. It's like a more restrained and more thought-provoking Will Ferrell. It's, it's, it's a decent performance from him. Ryan Ferrell isn't as much mugging to the camera as he is in some previous films. Again, it's more restrained from him. I think the director just basically kept them on, on a relatively tight leash, to be honest with you, and got good performances out of both of them. And they play well off each other as well. You know, they are, they're both very funny guys they're both decent comedians they worked well together they clearly had a good time making this film everyone works well together you know patrick page is jacob marley he is broadway trained he's um, one of america's top shakespearean actors it shows you know he plays jacob marley in this it really shows the performance he puts in the supporting cast aside from octavia spencer they're not really seen as much like gav said underutilized I wouldn't say underutilized. I think you see just enough of them. You know, even though you've got some big names like Tracy Morgan in there, you see enough from the supporting cast, but they are a supporting cast. Your principals, as seen in the posters, are Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. The focus is on them because you don't want to be covering all these different subplots and sub stories if you can help it. They're there to support their story. Um, so, yeah, I think that the cast works brilliantly well. And as far as the tone goes, I don't think it's totally off at all. I think they got this quite right. You know, the musical elements uh, come at the right time. It's you know, letting you into the inner monologue of what the characters are thinking. With Octavia Spencer's opening song, it's like, you know, she's getting sick of working for this soulless, you know, a PR guru. And she's thinking, you know, maybe it's time I quit and moved on. You know, it's, I suppose you could say she's kind of got the Bob Cratchit role, but yet she doesn't because she's actually paid very well. She doesn't have a family. He treats her fairly. She just doesn't like the job she's in. She just feels like she's sold her soul a bit. And she's looking to quit and move on from there. That's And it, it lets you into what she's thinking without having this expository dialogue without having this wooden script. That's the joy of musicals. You get to hear a soliloquy from the character and it not be out of place. Tonally, I think it was all excellent. I think the tone, you say it's all over the place, but Christmas Carol is a bit of a roller coaster if you think about it. You know, all the things that Scrooge experiences, there's highs and there's lows throughout as he goes on this journey of redemption. And there are highs and lows. You know, there are moments, the scenes that are hilariously funny and are great fun to watch. And you see Ryan Reynolds, you know, enjoying moments of his past life or present life. And then there's like a bit in the future, which is just absolutely soul destroying. He advises his niece, who's running for class president. Um, how to up her profile and he's like don't do so well in your exams get a couple of detentions become a person of the people and he also uh tells her how to destroy the rival for class president which in the future you see that the cyberbullying he's been subjected to after she posts these videos about him has led to him killing himself and that's like ryan reynolds is holy shit this kid killed himself because of something i advised someone to do and that is his, the start of his redemption art where he's like oh my god i mean i say start of his redemption arc he comes back from that and he's like yeah i gotta put that one thing right but I don't believe I'm redeemed yet. And he's still, he's awkward. He's Ryan Reynolds. And he's basically, he's putting up a fight throughout the whole thing. It's not as easy as you think. Like I say, there are twists and turns throughout. There was already a spoiler, which I've technically given you. There's another one at the end as well. You know, there are twists and turns. This is a quite a clever script. Yeah. And it keeps you it keeps you on your toes. Can I jump in on a tone before you go to, is that like, like Dave is completely right. Is I think as well, paced as well with the tone is that you do have, the laugh a minute sections you've got stuff which really are joyous and then things like octavia's song the view from here it's really quite poignant and quite touching because what she's asked to do you know it's horrible and she knows it's going to be horrible and she already sees what she's doing is completely vindictive and and, and you know and crass and wrong so then you get that insight into her and to to really start feeling for a character 
and then it can break off straight away because quickly brings you back out of that. It's meant to be like heart of Christmas film. And with any good Christmas film, you have the joyous moments and you've got the, the, the real emotional, you know, the pull on your heartstrings moments. And that's what this does. And I think the songs are so well written and so well delivered that you do capture that because then you're back into big bombastic moments straight after. So, uh, you know, what, what Gav's saying is about, it's not wrong that it's all over the place, but it's well-timed that it's all over the place. So it's, it doesn't feel uh, so disjointed as he, as he's making out. I think that is what Gav meant as well. Thank you, Ozzy, for clarifying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, thanks, man. Uh, Joel, uh, I mean, a big, you know, the big thing when you're looking at the poster is Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan Reynolds. So, you know, I know we've talked about this a little bit. We were talking about performances. Is the main thing there, you know, the way they play off each other? That seems like a big draw. Is, does it work? A little bit, like... Ozzy mentioned a few like good places and things like that. And I don't mind like, you know, Brian Reynolds and Will Ferrell, like sometimes they get slated a little bit for being one or two dimensional, but you know, they do what they do well. And if it works, like why change it type of thing? So I don't mind that. But like I say, it's, it comes back to the same thing. It's, they get interrupted with like some of the set pieces, especially the music and dancing um like again if we, if we reference like a great showman type of thing the story all flows through that like the the um the songs and things like that almost kind of flow the story along and kind of keep it moving in one direction whereas as this doesn't really do that and i found myself zoning out as i mentioned before kind of during these songs so after the song's over you're kind of thinking like well what like what were they even talking about before this like kind of three or four minute section type of thing so i mean it's it's typical ryan reynolds to be honest like as i said before if you like him you will find some of what's in here like you know to your taste type of thing but if you don't there's going to be nothing for you and i think ryan reynolds and will ferrell are kind of two of those actors who are people that some people don't get along with you know if you you like Will Fell, for example, you, I could quite easily like, you know, ask five people. Two of them would say I don't like him. You know, three might say I like him. And if you don't like him, then you don't like his films. It's because it, he plays like more or less the same thing in each of them. It's the same with Ryan Reynolds. So, I think by casting the two of them here, they have kind of pigeonholed it a little bit. Just because, like, if you don't like the two of them, then even if you love like you know a Christmas Carol type of thing and you want to see a reimagining of it, you're not really going to find much here. So, yeah, I think, although, you know, you're kind of expecting it, as I say, they've just kind of pigeonholed it just a little bit too much to, to have that kind of general appeal for everybody, I think. Thank you, Joel. Gav, you look like you've got something to say. Oh, I do. <laughs> I want to pick up on something that Dave said before. Now, I, and this is kind of leading on a little bit from what Joel says, but also not because if you're going into this film you expect here's Will Ferrell and here's Ryan Reynolds, but Will Ferrell actually doesn't play his usual type of character. So I, I think because of that, he really struggles. Often he's this eccentric comedic character, but here he, his character is more serious and probably too serious for this film. We should be getting something like Buddy the Elf, where instead we're getting Norm the bureaucrat. It's basically like, I think Will Ferrell has difficulty with that, especially when the character flips 
between serious and, and silly. And I think that if you're a Will Ferrell fan and you're coming to watch this film because you like Will Ferrell and you want to see more of him, you're going to be disappointed. And as for Ryan Reynolds, I think if you're a Ryan Reynolds fan, you're also going to be disappointed because one of the things with him is that he has this likability. Here, his character is this really irredeemable figure, like somebody who would never realize the error of their ways and never become a better human. And he does a very good job of that because throughout it, he's really unlikable and he's unwilling or incapable of changing for the vast majority of the film. Even when Dave says there's this weird, like kind of a child suicide bit thrown in like a curveball and you're like holy shit i was just having a laugh singing along to fucking good afternoon and now i'm thinking about dead children it's it just it feels left field and it feels very wrong and then ryan Reynolds' character is isn't redeemed by it he kind of says no i'm not redeemed i just need to i just need to tell him not to send that tweet and then i'll be fine so even after that he still doesn't change and if I may, Your Honour, I'd like to revisit some prosecution points from previous trials, which are not only very appropriate and relevant to this trial, but were also expertly delivered by our most esteemed, wise, bold, yet handsome judge. Oh, I'll allow. I'll allow. <laughs> so, from the trial of Red Notice, dated the 6th of December 2021. Very well cited. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Brian Reynolds in most of the films he's doing now is just doing this dry humor breaking the fourth wall he's just doing the exact same shtick don't talk about MacGuffins. don't break the fourth wall this isn't deadpool it's the it's less deadpool light and more deadpool shite and i feel like that God, is very apt for this such a way that of words <laughs> and that, also, that is also classic, from, from, from the trial of free guy dated the 8th of november 2021 when he's being Ryan Reynolds, he's really funny, but it sometimes is at the expense of the character he's playing, which impacts on the emotional core of the story because you're not invested in the character because you're just watching Ryan Reynolds. Wise, wise words there. I mean, like we all watch the film and, you know, kind of maybe dissect it a bit, but you go further than that. You use his own words against him and go and listen to old podcasts. I really do look into the heart of things. Dave, are you going to disagree with me? Is that what you? Is that what your fingers are? <laughs> no, but I've got to point something out about what Gav said. The points he's made, yes, are perfectly valid about Red Notice and about Free Guy. But he also said moments before that that people who like Ryan Reynolds because of this shtick that he's got are going to be disappointed by this film because it's not going to deliver on those things. He's not. You're not going to see Ryan Reynolds breaking the fourth wall. You're not going to see Ryan Reynolds doing the same thing all over again. This is a different take on it. He's playing this loathsome character in need of redemption. This is different from Ryan Reynolds. And I think those people who consider themselves fans will like to see him add another string to his bow. And those people who are tired of the shtick, as you've pointed out, could well be, uh, are going to be quite refreshed. This could be a, a real palate cleanser for both Ryan Reynolds and for Will Ferrell, especially for those who maybe aren't necessarily fans of either. Apologies, Dave. I, I didn't mean that. What I meant is... Oh, that you totally this, did. No. <laughs> he did, Dave. Is... We, we know he did, Dave. <laughs> Good <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> what, what I meant, Dave, is that this is the shtick, but without the carrot. You know, he's basically doing the exact same thing. <laughs> the carrot before the shtick, yeah? Yeah, but there's no likability to it, so he's doing the same annoying, irritated things from the past eight years of Ryan Reynolds' films, but there's not the likability aspect there. But he's meant to be a smart ass. He's meant to be this irredeemable, 
arsehole of a character. He is an arsehole, and you don't like him. (laughs) I say he's fit the brief perfectly. Exactly, brilliant acting, and that's the whole point of the whole whole aspect. And the whole this other nonsense that I've said earlier that what you think Will Ferrell should be is is Buddy the Elf. He's Ebenezer fucking Scrooge. He can't be Buddy the Elf. He's Ebenezer Scrooge, but redeemed. Yeah, but you, you know, don't you know that for a while. You can't have you? man. You've got to... Did you think, I mean, I love the way we get, we get so hot when we're doing Spirited. I didn't think we'd end up where people <laughs> would. This, this, this is absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, I'm now going to ask, because I'll give you a little glimpse into where my head's in at the moment. Everything to play for. I have literally a massively on the fence at the moment. So there's a lot of pressure on these closing arguments. It is pretty much going to be decided right now. And I'm not, and I, and I, and I am very, I, I do love a flourish. And and so, you know, you got to think quickly. Uh, um, Ozzy. This is a wonderful film for you. Brilliant. If you want to enjoy Christmas. Well, Ozzy gets an extra point for having sung oh, his. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to write something very uh, quickly there, but uh, I also <laughs> need to get the quiz done. So <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you alone. Sorry, Ozzy. I'll leave you alone. Uh, I'll move over to uh, Joel. What do you want to know? What else just, could I possibly tell just you? Just anything. Just some. Just some final thoughts to leave me with before I deliberate. What I would say is, if you like Christmas don't watch this film if you really (laughs) want to have a shit christmas and (laughs) cry yourself to sleep throughout the night brilliant but whilst being serenaded by ryan reynolds and will ferrell then give it a watch maybe even have a a pot noodle one of the worst flavors though maybe like a roast beef flavor pot noodle or something like that you know one of the average ones that nobody really likes um and then you know maybe on christmas day have yourself a christmas dinner in a in a tin (laughs) <laughs> one of those ones that basically looks like jelly and uh, compare all those things and put them together and you've got this film it's my christmas joel i don't know what your problem is i'm gonna go to uh dave now okay despite what you may have heard this i be- i believe is a festive classic in the making just when you thought they couldn't do something different with a christmas carol they have done it they have come up with a number of unique points and retold this story with its similar themes but in a completely fresh way that we have never seen before and they've done it with a plum uh this film is going to be a must watch for generations to come and it will certainly get you in the festive spirit this film promises a lot but fails to deliver it's like going to a buffet table at a party and piling your plate sky high with all of the tasty options but not making the walk back to the table with it you know why what happened to you wasted your time doing yet another metaphor and now i'm just thinking about office parties and pink pies who who jumped you on the way back from the buffet table i think spirited is an apt name for this film because to enjoy it you'd have to be highly spirited aka absolutely <laughs> fucking shit faced <laughs> fantastic but a beautiful flourish right uh do aussie have you managed in the last uh, couple of minutes yeah. to come up with the quiz yeah i got kate to do it while we were uh, while we were working on it so uh I it might be good for once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready yeah 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 there we are this is a this is as big a surprise for you as it is for me <laughs> Ozzy, <laughs> do you want to play? In which Christmas film do these lyrics appear? He's not my type. She's not too bad. 
not the most gorgeous I've ever had. Uh, the Grinch? No. Bam. Uh, yeah. Hold in. Also, no. <laughs> I don't know. Play, was he? No, it's um, it's a fairly recent film, and it's got um, one of the most famous Doctor Watsons in it. Oh, Martin Freeman, Nativity. It is Nativity. Ah. Yes. Uh, to Alex strives to be each Christmas time. Really hopes he gets to uh, <laughs> be in charge of the of the play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In uh, in the Christmas classic, The Snowman, the song "We're Walking in the Air" was. Definitely an instant hit. And according to the lyrics, what else do they do in the air? Uh... <laughs> 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 There's a white yeah. stuff coming from the sky. Flying through the clouds. Floating through the moonlit sky. Holding very holding very tight. I'll give you that. Uh, well, we're going to move on to question number three. <laughs> um, what song does Argyle pop on when he's driving to the Nakatomi Plaza in Die Hard? Um, bam! Uh, uh, oh, it's, oh, fucking uh, run! No, it's not run the MC. Um, bam! 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 But it was the twenty fourth Christmas and the whatever that one is. Well, it is one DMC. Or is it one DMC? Point if you can guess any of the words. Oh, the Christmas case. in the uh, something. Christmas in the Christmas in Hollis. Well done. Oh, sorry. Well done. You can have an extra point for that. I'm not counting, by the way. I'm just throwing points out willy nilly. <laughs> <laughs> in Mean Girls. Jingle Rock is sung by Lindsay Lohan and Co. during the winter talent scene. Name one other song that's also performed during the winter talent show. Bam. It's Baby uh, It's Cold Outside. No. Oh, uh. Santa Baby. <laughs> no. It, oh, sorry. We wish you a Merry Christmas. No. Harold the Bells. She was probably Britney Spears' biggest rival. Christina Aguilera. Billy Piper. Dirty. Billy Piper. <laughs> Genie in a bottle. Uh, it was uh, beautiful by Christina Aguilera. No points for that one. Although it's interesting, <laughs> so you can have a point for that. Um, song which was mentioned earlier, Jingle Bells. It's been in a lot of films over the years. To the nearest one. How many pretty, pretty close, man. <laughs> pretty close. How many films yes. has the has the song Jingle Bells been in? Yeah. Whatever. Well, ever. Ever. Uh, Ninety-two. Christmas. Sixty-four. Answer is right. Like Wrong. the original Jingle Bells, or just like any version, like somebody walking uh, down the street. Any version Jingle Bells. of Jingle Bells, rather than the original, which probably wasn't recorded. Uh, uh, Two hundred and six. Uh, close but higher. Four hundred and sixty-nine. Close but lower. 360. 284. I'm giving it to Alex. It's 373. Nice. Yes. Wow. I, I literally mean... just said 369. <laughs> <laughs> I said 400. 469. I wasn't listening to you. Also, I mean, that, oh, that, it sounds just so it just improbable. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's almost like you've just come up with that off the top of your head. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a whole quiz about sharks that was completely made up. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, 
Bing Crosby had a best-selling single of White Christmas. But what film did that first appear in? Bam. Bam. Ooh, Dave? Dave. Holiday Inn. Yes, well done. Well done. Um, Gabrielle, famous uh, pop singer of the early 90s, had a hit called Out of Reach. But what film did that really make it reach? Uh, what what film was that featured in? Cult, cult status film. Bam. Is it that fucking piece of shit, Love Actually? No, it is not that piece of shit, Love Actually. You take that back because the next question... <laughs> is it bridget jones diary it is bridget jones's diary yeah i knew that fucking (laughs) 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 that fraud was involved (laughs) (laughs) and in the highest grossing christmas film of all time please name the uh the faith hill song that features in it faith hill song bit of a two-edged Question: mm. You got to know what the highest-grossing film of all time, Christmas I think of all time, is. Not it's a wonderful life. It's not, <laughs> no, not it's a wonderful think, life. <laughs> do we get a point if I know the film? Yeah, yeah. Is it The Grinch? It is The Grinch. You can have five points for that because I, I didn't know it. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Oh, well, well, well done, <laughs> What's the Faith Hill song? It is maybe just pick songs that are in The Grinch. Um, Mr. The one that's like talking about Mr. Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys i would i would pay to hear faith hill sing <laughs> it is a where are you christmas uh, and one. um and, and i did try to get a love actually uh question in there but i couldn't think of one in time before the quiz ended so that is the end of the quiz thank you all very much for playing well done there was is he frozen? I think he's frozen. <laughs> I think he's frozen. That is amazing timing. That is amazing timing. I've got um, I've got a, a question about love actually. Um, how many references to nine eleven appear in the film? <laughs> more, uh, more, more far more than there should be. <laughs> yeah, correct answer, Alex. More than this should be. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, while we're waiting for Ozzy to catch up, I'll just jump into my verdict. Are we happy with that? Yep. Right. right um, it was it wasn't easy to do this uh, and it's still not easy i'm still as i'm speaking not totally made up my mind but i'm going to just sort of re- review some of the points as i'm going through it um it does seem like a fresh christmas carol story you know as soon as i saw it was Chris- christmas carol on the synopsis i thought Ugh. but then dave did make me think well you know rose burns in it for a little bit as well you know redeem the irredeemable from the perspective of ghosts that sounds pretty interesting to me uh but i also did agree with what gavin joel were then said where it's like well yeah it's very unique but there's too many unique tales and it sort of models up so i did I, I sort of took both points on that um the musicals i'm not sure if i catch him or remember them but i think it sounds like the music was done okay enough i don't feel like it's film breaking and you know it did sound like if it's got the greatest showman people on it maybe it was polished enough uh i definitely think that maybe the comedy could be good in bits but maybe would be missing it as well because you know with the ryan reynolds stuff i i find it i, I did find i'm trying to be objective but i do find it quite hard to get past him just being ryan reynolds and doing that you know like really dark stuff and then the sort of the things i, I could see how that could happen and could ruin the film a bit but also it did sound quite fun um 
and as well the cast you know i don't know the cast seemed pretty strong so i actually thought that was something in its favor um it's going to the wire on this uh, it is innovative enough and i do think that audiences will be more willing to give it a go because it is christmas uh and it's two hours long though um and i just think if i'm gonna i'm gonna judge this as a as a film and not give it that the sort of on the shit list, relief of a christmas film i'm gonna put it on the shit list <laughs> Thanks for ruining it, Joe. I was literally I was building up to the whole thing. <laughs> Not allowed to speak throughout the entire thing, and <laughs> get interrupted at the end. But yeah, uh, it's very close there. I genuinely didn't know what I was going to do, but I've been lied to by all of you, so I, 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 I don't know. I've probably made the wrong choice here, but yeah. Even before the podcast, like all we did was lie to each other just lie to each other and i'm always through school my name's not alex <laughs> right uh did um did i did i uh, screw it up so what do we actually think uh i'll see uh, do you want to go first because this yes. seems like i mean yeah, you're, yeah. you're the one who doesn't like will ferrell or ryan Reynolds, so it'd be interesting to hear what you think i find both of them massively one-dimensional and they do play what's essentially the same character as each other throughout and I didn't mind them. I thought they did a really good job. I thought the the actual premise of the film is was fantastic. Um, I was take I was from the off. I was like really impressed with it being a behind the scenes, essentially like a completely different viewpoint. And and I thought they did a great job of singing. I think they could really they could hold a note in a way that's believable. They're not proper singers, so that you can see that they're trying and going for it. And, and yeah, I found it. There were times where it's a little bit grating that some of the humour is a bit, a bit meh and, you know, a little bit. Sometimes Will Ferrell does drop into the look at me, look at me, please laugh at me because I'm so funny. But most of the time he's not. Most of the time he, he's playing the serious character and I think he does a better job when he's like almost the opposite to what Gab was saying. I think he's better when he was the serious character than the, um, than the humorous character. And it really gave a bit of a playoff between the two. So for me, I thought it was a hit. You can see that it's overly polished. It's massively polished. The visuals are beautiful. It's been, this must be one of the most expensive Christmas musicals ever, Christmas films. Like it, it just looks like they've thrown money at it, like nonstop. But, um, but I liked it. I thought it was very knowing and um, it, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, wrong list for me. Thank you very much, Ozzy. Dave, did you also like it as much as you said you did? wrong list for me as well i loved it i thought it was great i thought uh yeah ryan reynolds and will ferrell gave good performances different than what they normally do i thought the music was solid i thought it was funny i didn't even notice that it was two hours long that just flew by uh yeah and it just completely fresh take on a christmas carol i mean what what more do you want it's uh it's a recipe for for magic it was a great film and i do think it is going to be uh a big cult hit you know but you know what joel says about cult films you know that always means there may be a, there's shit underneath the surface and what have you so it might not be for everybody but i personally really enjoyed it and uh we'll probably watch it again in christmases in the future down the line so uh yeah it's a wrong list for me oh shit <laughs> thank you very much Dave. <laughs> joel yeah it's not for me and it won't be for you alex if you if you if you don't like musicals there's nothing for you here like it's it's just as simple as that like there's, there's too much of it it's over two hours as well like i say it's not just two hours it's over two hours and i would rather watch probably christmas chronicles 2 with belschnickel 
like a christmas musical so yeah like it, it's not for everybody um maybe as dave says it'll be a, a cult hit but who knows well, thank you very much joel i um I, I i think it's on the wrong list as well i i absolutely loved it <laughs> i watched it with siobhan who fucking hated it like every, every so it's like, quite divisive then. yeah 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 so so i can definitely see that there will be some people who hate it there'll be some people who absolutely love it i thought that the music was fantastic in it and i thought that the songs were catchy was lying a little bit and i you do think that through your teeth as he did message me at some point he was like there's no way that you don't like this film <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it was i just yeah, thought it was it was very very good I, I i probably would watch it again next year to be honest and i do think that i was being genuine a little bit i do think that they do try and cover a lot of ground and some of it is maybe underdeveloped when it comes to the end of it and i do think that the key figures in this will ferrell ryan reynolds etc aren't the strongest of the bunch and they seem a little bit weak when put in comparison to all these fantastic backing singers and dancers and vocalists uh, so it does it does highlight that a little bit that little gap but overall i think as a as a final package i thoroughly enjoyed it to be honest so uh, yeah. so, so, so sorry alex okay <laughs> but, was it higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Disenchanted, which scores 39% and 53% critical and audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes? Shit, isn't it? That's really shit. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> That's um, be higher than that. I mean, it's only, just, it's only just come out. So I'd, I'd say, yeah, it's got to be marginally So it's Disenchanted, higher. though, came out the exact same date? Yeah, true. I don't think it's going to be that different then. Maybe slightly higher? Okay. Um, well, it's it's actually quite a lot higher to be honest. It's um, eighty three percent audience, and the biggest surprise for me is seventy percent critical. I thought that really, like, yeah, I thought the critics like would really stick the knives into this. Yeah, yeah, but no, uh, knives out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, well, just thank you very much, guys, for all your arguments. Thank you very much, Alex, for judging. Uh, and uh, thank you everyone who's listened to this episode really do appreciate every single one of you taking the time out to listen to our stuff if you want more films on trial content head over to filmsontrial.co.uk check us out on all social media our film charles on twitter and films on trial on everything else and check us out wherever you listen to your podcasts so we're going to be back in your ears in two weeks time when our christmas season continues with the 2022 action comedy violent night which i'm really looking forward to you talking about cult films before dave i think this one <laughs> is going to be incredibly divisive yeah. I'm really looking forward to <laughs> but yeah what what have we learned well we have learned that uh, not only can you lie through your teeth but you can also lie through your bum cheeks as well <laughs> <laughs> but also ultimately spirited is on the shit list and we're going to be back in your ears in two weeks time with our review of violent night goodbye <laughs> Who is it who hates Adam Scott? Someone hates Adam Scott. Alex? I don't like Adam Scott. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't I mind. Knew, I knew someone hated him last Dave, if you ever have the question, who is it that hates X actor? The answer's going to be Alex. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't Gamble, want to jump in. I was just Adam waiting for Scott. someone to say it. It's probably him. <laughs> <laughs>